gentlemen welcome back to planet tyro for our woody allen podcast retrospective we're here at the planet tyro studios live i'm actually looking into the face of the wonderful co-host i've been doing this retrospective with simon red i ain't looking at your mug i'm looking up the imdb information for this movie so i can remember what we just watched the other day because i already forgot most of it (laughs) (laughs) i just fed simon a lot of good african food and he's feeling really tender he's really lean right now so he might be a bit more quiet on this recording yeah man uh back in the day they were onto something keeping you know black people around the house you know the you guys you guys have the magic recipes man got that skill set yeah we got some skills you caucasians don't quite have the you know the cooking skills the basketball skills but anyway we're completely derailing guys thanks for watching if you were here last time we actually spoke about another one of woody allen's most celebrated movies manhattan if you're on youtube you can click the card on the top right hand corner to go back to that uh, to go back to that discussion but moving forward guys if you are listening on youtube or watching on youtube you can check out the podcast because you can get this on your audio device on the go so you don't have to look at the screen you can use itunes android whatever podcast app you want stitcher radio we've got a hashtag you can use on google as hashtag woody allen retro and before we get to the next movie, I do want to warn you that these are spoiler discussions. Unless you've seen the movie, you might want to go ahead and watch it before we spoil the plot in its entirety of the next movie. And Simon, we're going to go into a new era of the Woody Allen phase because we're in a new decade, the 1980s. Oh, yeah. And we're going to speak about a movie that is um, somewhat controversial in the Woody Allen retrospective. Do you mind telling us what that is? Well, let me put it to you like this. If you're one of those people who's tired of hearing about the classics that everybody knows, the critically acclaimed movies, well, I got a little treat for you. Here's something very different. (laughs) (laughs) This is 1980's Stardust Memories, Woody Allen's follow-up to Manhattan. And I don't even know how to approach this because I wanted to say it's a very autobiographical movie centered around the filmmaker who used to be a comedian and now that he obtained critical and commercial success and is living the big life is actually having some regrets about past life decisions relationships and during uh during a look back on his life's work at an event where they show all his films he sort of has daydreams as well as random uh, sparks of memory come back to him and the movie kind of centers around his happiness and unhappiness along with once again, the human condition and the great question of death that are a burden to Woody Allen. But by his own account, apparently, no, this is a completely fictional character. And what you're seeing is a completely fictionalized story that just happens to be the exact same situation that Woody Allen found himself in the 1980s. (laughs) (laughs) So we've got a movie that mirrors the director and actor's life, but he says it's not his. So you know what, guys? Let me start with the good, because there's a lot of good things. Again, Woody Allen has gained the talent for directing. So, First of all, there's no sequel. <laughs> <laughs> there's no Stardust Memories 2. The cinematography is shot really well. Again, this is another black and white movie because Woody Allen had to make his little black and white studio for Manhattan. So the next couple, I think the next 
two or three next movies are also going to be black and white as well. This one looks good. Black and white actually made it look better, aged well, which again is a is a style which works for this movie. The standout thing for this movie for me is the music, and um, it's very jazzy. This movie actually has its own soundtrack as well, which I don't blame it. When the movie starts, it's got the it's got the official known Woody Allen title card sequence with the music. The music is just great throughout the movie. That's honestly the best thing about the movie because just jump into the, t- <laughs> the, the title card. Yeah, the title card <laughs> and the music. But let me let, let me say this because there's two ways to look at this movie. Honestly, the way you can look at this movie is you've been watching Woody Allen's movies before. You know you're you're already a fan of his and you see this movie and then you've never seen a Woody Allen movie before and we're judging this movie on its own merits. So first of all. Let me start from the perspective of us, you know, seeing his movies, being a fan, and then get into this movie at this point in time. Man, I didn't really enjoy the movie, even though I thought there was some funny bits about it. And honestly, it looked like the movie looked like a critique of the things around Woody Allen. Like all through the movie, there's this constant gag of fans asking for his autograph over and over again, interrupting him every single moment, and. You know, it's kind of funny, but at the same time, I thought to myself, it's a little bit mean-spirited. And when I mean it's through the whole movie, it's through the whole entire movie. And it gets a little bit more ludicrous as it goes on. There's even scenes where, I mean, everyone around Woody Allen in this movie, basically, is either annoying or he doesn't like them or they're a kind of a caricature, whether it's the fans, whether it's the Hollywood executives, the people that help him make the film, whether it's his friends. And he just seems very detached. I couldn't not see it as a represent. I couldn't see it as this being some kind of message Woody Allen's giving to the public, and it's very disjointed, isn't it? Like there's no uh, centerpiece, there's no cohesive theme. The movie shifts tone all the time without warning. Like just go from comedy to tragedy to an abstract dream sequence to uh, like this meta uh, critique. Of how society views films, how studio executives uh, want to alter films and try to, you know, silence the artist. Then we go into how the audience can't separate the artist from the person, and yeah. it, it, it's not consistent. Like it, to me, it just felt like Woody Allen became a, a very good filmmaker. You know, he learned from his past films, he learned the craft, he learned his own to trust his own voice. And now the question was, what's he going to do with it? You know, he had the freedom to do anything after the successes he had with his last three films. And he chose to do this, whatever the fuck this is. You know, like, this this is his choice. And I always give him credit because he's not motivated by awards. He's not motivated by any kind of self-indulgent ideas. So whatever he makes is genuine. Yet he made this movie that everybody calls super self-indulgent. And he even makes a joke about it in the film, which, again, begs the question, like, how the hell is this fictional where literally everything you think about him while watching the movie, he addresses in the movie? Another constant joke in the film is that everybody keeps telling him how he should make more comedies. They really like his early funny movies. Why doesn't he make another one of those? And I I just don't know, man. It's... it's, uh, it, it, it's an odd film. Uh, well, let, let, well, let me let me change the trajectory and go back and do the second thing. Look at like, this movie as its own movie. You've never seen a Woody Allen movie before. This is your first one. How does this movie sound on its own? Well, 
if I didn't know Woody Allen and I saw this movie about this director and everyone worshipping him and him kind of taking the piss, it's not really engaging. As a standalone story, it's nothing special anyway. Woody Allen's character has these issues with two women, a failed relationship, and then a woman he's has left the marriage or something. I don't sympathize with the character. I don't like him really, and I just he's made so much he makes so much better movies before and after. It's completely forgettable and that's it as a separate movie it's a fail and it, it, to make matters even worse i will say this first of all the fan reception for this movie at the time this movie was released was extremely hostile people thought this was a complete insult they thought you know he was calling his, his fans fools and i cannot blame them because if you want to talk about subtext in movies i mean it's up to your fans to find subtext but you have to give them some kind of clues even the most hardened affluent intelligent people wouldn't see the subtext here because most of it is just him cracking jokes at the fans and the people and stuff like that but to my utter surprise because i wasn't really a fan of this movie guys i'm gonna if you're on youtube right now i'm gonna put a link to a video of woody allen talking about oh this oh you're gonna reveal the true meaning behind the film well woody allen and this is the thing because people to this day can't make up their mind if woody allen is flip-flopping is at the time, was he just upset? Was he fed up of the fame? And he made this movie as an attacker, just as a go away to everyone else. But now, later, he changed his mind and said, no, no, no. But this interview he had in one of his documentaries, we'll actually get to down the line, he actually talks about what the movie was meant to convey. Yeah, the actual story of the, the film. The actual story of this movie. Now, let me tell you something, man. Everything I said before, even if you put all that to the side, what he wanted to convey with this movie his idea was a complete bust. Like, <laughs> when you hear, I don't, I don't even want to spoil it, but I'll, I'll, I'll let Simon spoil it. But what I will say is, when I heard him explain what he thought this movie was going, was meant to say and what he was going for, I, I honestly think it's bullshit because Woody Allen is a much more competent director. He would have flagged or made it clear to the audience that this is what I'm going for, especially such a high concept idea i don't i don't even want to use the word high concept but hearing him explain it is kind of high concept no that did not come across at all complete fail so that's that's like three strikes one you say that you wasn't meant to be insulting the fans when clearly this movie is your life completely two what you actually come up with what you say the movie was about does not come at all to anyone with common sense or intelligence and number three I don't know if he's flip-flopping because honestly, I just, I can't, I can't draw to the conclusion he does about this movie and the movie doesn't stand on its own as a standalone movie. It, honestly, it fails on all three, all three legs for me. So if you want to tell people what he said it's about, you can, but I just think the movie is forgettable, doesn't aim to what he, what he says it should have been about. And I just, I said this to you off mic, Simon, this is a perfect example of someone saying one thing and doing another. That's, that's my take on this movie. Well, yeah, you summed it up. I mean, based on the summary, guys, when you listen to it, it just seems like a lot of the same subject matter is revisited. Love triangles, cheating, the human condition. Tony Roberts even comes back, basically playing himself. His character is called Mr. Roberts. He's an actor in one of Woody Allen's character's films, who then at the end of the movie comes in as the actor playing the character 
who also happens to be Woody Allen's character's best friend, who they do movies with. So he's basically paying himself again. And all that comes in with this twist at the end where all the scenes you saw leading up to that point and the dream sequences were actually part of the film he was directing. And then the movie closes up with the premiere of the film and Woody Allen's character walking away. And it's kind of meta where you're not sure, okay, is that Woody Allen walking away from the film we just watched? Or is that his character in the film who was established in the beginning of the film walking away from the fictional film we were watching? And you're thinking, oh, that sounds very complicated. And is that the big twist? No. The big twist is that literally two minutes into the movie, there's a quick joke about Woody Allen's character's maid burning the dinner, I guess, which happens to be a rabbit. And that they take the dead rabbit out of the oven and the rest of the movie is all an illusion. According to Woody Allen, the dead rabbit enters his character's psyche and everything else he imagines. But in the actual film, we just see the rabbit and then we cut to the ceremony of, you know, basically the the live retrospective of his films that they're showing. And that's it. There's no transition. There's no going back. It never comes full circle. It's never revealed that it's supposed to be some sort of dream sequence or daydream. The movie's called Stardust Memories. It's not called Dead Rabbit Daydreams. <laughs> even even the poster is a cop-out. The poster is in color. And it's him kissing one of his co-stars in the rain. Which again, in the film, is a scene from a film that you see from a POV perspective of the camera crew recording the actual movie, like, you know, shooting the film. So I'm like, I don't even know if anybody, including himself, was aware what the heck was going on with this film. I I don't know what to tell you. You know what this reminds me of? When we read all the stuff about how Annie Hall was a combination of like seven different movie ideas yeah. and then they cut out two thirds of it. And kept that one third and that turned out to be really, really good. Yeah. It feels like this movie should have been the same. Because when Woody Allen is kind of being an asshole, you know, making jokes, uh, going back to his comedic roots, doing a little bit of stand-up. I thought the movie was funny. I re The reason why the movie's a letdown, because I really got invested in those parts. I was like, I'm with this. This is funny. It looks good. It has some interesting You want to see Woody work. Allen's funny movies again as well. <laughs> no, no, I, I just thought that... Okay, the only refreshing thing about this is that he doesn't play a down-on-his-luck poor character this sure. time around. A, a, you sure. know, an average Joe from New York. He plays a successful guy. And that's what he points out all the time when he talks about his movie. He wants to make a film about somebody who appears to be very successful. But the rest of the film just goes back to what he did before. And we never, you never felt like as much that this movie is about him it feels like it's about him all the time yeah so so then to f say that this is some delusion that's created by the rabbit's spirit or just the sight of the rabbit it kind of triggers this repressed psychological reaction to his memories i'm like this never comes across in the film he really should have Color motherfucker. Guys, I, I, I just want to stop you, Simon, because honestly, guys, honest to God, if I never heard that out of Woody Allen's mouth himself, that this this 75% of this movie was meant to be a dream. Guys, check out the clip. It comes out of Woody Allen's mouth. Watching the movie and thinking about it, I do not know where that came from. I, I would almost think it's a lie, but 
in that same interview, he tries to point out some things he said he put there, like, oh, you go into my living room, and uh, he says that the picture changes, that the, the yeah, collage the, the, changes. Yeah, the painting on, on the wall, so basically. Did, didn't yeah. the guys notice that? I'm like... No, because it's in black and white, and it looks the same. I can't even tell which room we're in. That's why the movie should be at least in color. You know what? If Woody... Uh, let me let me play Devil's Advocate for a moment. If Woody Allen wasn't the main character, and he actually hired a different actor like he did in the interiors, and he wasn't in the movie... Maybe, do you think it would have came across better then? It would have been someone else and we wouldn't have applied Woody Allen's life on the movie? Because I think maybe that might have helped. But but, but here's the thing. Even if you realize that the movie's a, a rabid dream, does that make it really better? Hell no. Hell no. If this was, I don't know, Robert Redford, you know, that, would that make a difference? No, no. no, uh, no, no, no. I, like, I don't... The thing is, some of the parts, some parts of the movie are, are genuinely funny and other parts are interesting. Once again, revisiting the subject matter of the human condition and how are you happy in life? What is happiness? A, a good, a fun exchange is when he meets like his old school mate and he's going on about, oh, you're such a big shot. You got all this money. I'm so jealous. And and he points out like, look, I, I knew this guy who was healthy all his life. One day the told him he's terminally ill and now he's dead so think about it you know it's all relative and i, I thought that was a that was an interesting way to put it you know you always be thankful for what you got even though i think it's bullshit but mm. but outside of that when we get to the more surreal bits with the aliens and, and the nightmares and whatnot i don't know it just feels like it's too much and that whoever made the decision to cut all that stuff out of any hole Sure, probably did the same thing for this film. Because <laughs> if he would have made a more focused separate film about the different ideas, it would be better. But here, yeah. nothing really comes across. Things are mentioned, but never resolved. And ultimately, it's just not that good. It's not that interesting. And then when you know that you don't even understand the film, like the director has to explain to you what you're watching... <laughs> It's like that is that is a really big <laughs> sin. I mean, that is one of the most pretentious shits ever. If a director has to tell you what you you know, explain to you what you saw, and I feel, I really think that's above Woody Allen. I don't really want to shit on this movie too much for the simple reason is that yeah, we're we're being quite harsh. Yeah, you know, but here's yeah. the thing: Woody Allen has got like 50 movies in his catalog. For you know, this is probably one of the biggest thinkers, honestly. So it's fine. Again, the majority. Actually, let me get to the, the critical fan feedback. So. The funny thing is, at the time of the release, as I said before, people, the critics and fans alike, pretty much hated this movie. But over time, the diehard Woody Allen fans love the movie and are dissecting it. And I don't want to call them pretentious overthinkers, but I, to this day, even being a Woody Allen fan, I'm like, I don't know, man. I, I just think, and to add to that, Woody Allen himself says this is one of his own favorite movies that he's made. I, believe, <laughs> I mean, that alone just says he's he's his mind is on somewhere else's movie and it's not it's not a complicated movie it's not a, it's not even a surreal movie to me it's just a movie that hearing what he thinks is about and what it sounds like and it, it's not a very subliminal message movie it seems very straightforward to me it just seems like i don't know maybe dying keaton lee maybe him losing his muse just made him want to dive into something else i don't know either way I just think the movie is forgettable. Honestly, forgettable. Good um, cinematography again. I want to end the positive. Good cinematography. Good music. Acting's okay. 
The, oh, I actually forgot to mention the two female actresses in it. It's like his, uh, the two partners he goes oh, with. They're good. Charlotte they're, Rampling and Jessica Harper. Yeah, they, I mean, they're not Diane Keaton. But, <laughs> but you know, they, they do their parts well. No one else really stands out in the movie. And again, I, I'm just rambling now. Uh, the people on IMDb Rotten Tomatoes gave it a seven. Sevens, it's in the sevens, but they people still frown upon this movie because again they feel like this movie is a critic and fan attack. And I'm sorry, I don't see the subtext. I see that for it first. Hearing Woody Allen talk about what it was meant to be made it even worse. Skip the movie. I honestly will say skip this. Skip this movie because there's not a lot to be had. Really? And yeah, it's a Woody. Honestly, this is a Woody Allen passion project. Mm. Especially even talk about it that fails and what he wanted to make it seem and. There's not much to get from the movie. I don't know what you could take away from the movie. So if there's 50 movies that Woody Allen made and you have to skip some of them, this is definitely one of them. <laughs> That's I, what I'll say. I don't know, man. I, I still like this better than everything you want to know about sex. I'll tell you that much. I disagree. At least I could pick two or three clips in there that... No, I, I actually disagree. I'm glad really? we don't see to out actually. I, I, I would still watch everything about this over this. Okay, I'll shock you. You want to know why? Because the things I enjoy most about this film is what everybody hates. I love it when he goes after the fans. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Fuck him. They don't know anything. And when he roasts the critics and the studio heads, I'm like, yeah, tell him, Woody. You know how it is. I... But that's my biggest problem. I was going to recommend this movie on the merit of maybe it's not really rewatchable, but at least you get a, a very honest, interesting perspective into a director's mindset and how he views his own success in films. Mm. Up until the director in question told me that, no, you dumb fuck, it's a dream. You're <laughs> supposed to think about a rabbit. And now I'm super confused. I'm like, I was going to give you credit for being so honest and, right. and, and going after you, you everybody. Know. <laughs> exactly and i'm like i can relate to that be the asshole you are you know own up to it you know don't be afraid of your own assholeness i in, i love that i enjoy that i could watch a whole movie about that that's a good point actually you know i would actually respect the movie more if he came and i said yeah and actually i will contradict woody allen again I've, i will try to put the quote on the screen there's another clip where he said i didn't mean to make it about the fans and critics but if it takes him down the peg i don't mind that's another quote he wow, said. Wow, so, the plot thickens. Yeah, so, and I will show you that. I'm not just making that shit up. He's actually said that. So anyway, we've reviewed the movie. Again, it's a very controversial movie for fans, whatever. Guys, if you've seen the movie, let us know in the comments down below. Again, I want to give a shout out to the Woody Allen pages. <laughs> you had uh, some information on this movie. I mean, check out the book, guys. If you're a Woody Allen fan, you know, links are going to be in the description. But I'm happy to move on to the next movie. And the next movie is going to be the beginning of a whole new era for the Allen. Because when he met his new muse after Diane Keaton, that being Mia Farrow, which is going to be very interesting for a plethora of reasons, obvious reasons. Well, I'm looking forward to the interesting bit about good movies. You know, <laughs> let, let's start with that before we get into the drama. There'll be plenty more. There'll be plenty more. So anyway, guys, thanks for watching. Leave us a comment in the comment section down below. Again, if you're on iTunes, leave us a ranking on iTunes. I want to thank my buddy Samurai for joining me on the podcast as usual. That's fine. You're welcome. Guys, we'll see you on the next video. If you're on YouTube, click on the annotations on the screen. Subscribe to the channel. And we're going to leave you. We're going to love you and leave you until the next video. Until then, we'll see you later. Yeah, let's watch some of the funny ones. <laughs> <laughs>